When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome back from Complex to Queens, Home and Apple Sources Minor League Podcast. I am Steve Saipa, and I'm joined this week by Ken Lavin and Thomas Henderson. How are you guys doing this week? Good, good. Good. How are you? Can't complain, especially because do you know what today is? Not off the top of my head. Oh, it's a, it's a good day. It's our promote extend trade topic. Today is corn on the cob day, apparently. Sure. I, I don't know why that is. I can't find anything about that. I don't know how it came to be, why it came to be, why today, but I'm happy that today is Corn on the Cob Day. So, with that in mind, what other <laughs> what other forms of corn are we going to promote, extend, or trade? Uh, we have popcorn. Mm. Then we have cornbread and corn pudding. Oh, get pudding out of here. Oh, actually, I want well, pudding, grits, whatever. But yeah, that. No, 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 no. Probably cornbread one. Um, and what's the other one you said? Cornbread and popcorn. Popcorn too, yeah, because I'm not a huge popcorn guy. Like, I'm only at the movies, really. Right, right, right. But it's such an important well, cornbread. Corn grits is definitely getting the. Uh, Getting the boot, but I gotta go with popcorn instead over over cornbread. 
Ken, you're the tiebreaker here, possibly. Um, I'm sending popcorn. Oh, okay. There we go. Popcorn wins. Um, yep. I don't have a strong opinion on the other. Corn is not not a great food for me. <laughs> All right. That concludes our Corn on the Cob Day festivities. And we'll move over to the way too early draft updates. And everyone's draft follows. They're done with the seasons. So that is the end of our fourth annual way too early draft updates. Uh, this is basically month to go now before the draft. The draft is Sunday, July 9th. So between now and then, we're going to have some mock draft reviews. We're going to do our own mock drafts. We'll, you know, highlight our um, individual wish lists that we want the Mets to um, go with for the first couple of picks. So stay tuned for the next couple of weeks for that kind of stuff. And we will now move on to the Mets affiliate updates. Um, the Mets week at the major league level has been pretty sucky. And for the most part, unfortunately, the minor leagues are going to be offering no relief. Syracuse Mets, they played a series against the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the Phillies AAA team. And they went 2-3, and three, and then they had a game canceled in the middle of the week because of air quality. What a world. It was crazy. I know. <laughs> so that puts Syracuse at 24-38 and 38 on the season. 19 games behind the first place tides. Um, one thing to note is we talked about Ronnie Mauricio last week. He left Sunday's game because of a, a collision at second base. It looked minor at the time, and it, it turned out to be minor. He didn't miss any time. Unfortunately, though, his fall back down to earth is continuing. Um, he went 2-16 on the week, no walks, three strikeouts. And for the last two series that Syracuse has played now against the Rochester Red Wings and the Iron Pigs, um, two teams that Syracuse has faced, Mauricio is 9 for 45 with a double, a homer, no walks, and 11 strikeouts, which is a 200, 217, 289 batting line, which is very unlike him, uh, very unlike 2003 Ryan Mauricio. Coming into that Rochester series, he was hitting 341, 383, 564, and now he's hitting 320, 360, 524. So his average and OBP dropped 20 points over the last two weeks, and his slugging fell 40. So not uh, not good in general, and definitely not a good time for Ronnie to be slumping with all the Issues that the Mets have at the major league level and, you know, the, the possibility of him being called up and whatnot, you know, the spotlight is on him and he is faltering currently. Binghamton Rumble Ponies, they played the Reading Fighting Phils, the, the Phillies double-A team, and they are 4-1 and one with the last game of the series being played right now as we record. And they are 27 and 28 on the year. So if they win, they will hit 500 for literally the first time all season. At, at no point in 2023 has Binghamton been 500, which is crazy. Uh, Junior Santos, he's pitching. His last outing, he threw eight strong innings. So there's definitely a possibility that 
Binghamton uh, hits 500 by the time everyone out there is listening to this tomorrow. And making an even stronger possibility is the fact that all those kind of, I don't really know what to, the Mets last year had the bench mob. I don't really know what to call these guys, but like just all the kind of bit players that kind of have no respect on Binghamton, they're all streaking. Uh, you know, Matt Rudick, Luke Ritter, Jose Peroza, Rowdy Jordan, um, they all had very strong weeks. So hopefully that continues into tonight's game. Uh, Matt Rudick is four for 19 this week with two homers, two stolen bases, four walks. Luke Ritter is six for 20 with a double, a triple, two homers, two walks. Jose Proza is 5 for 11 with two doubles and two homers. Rowdy Jordan is 5 for 17 with a double, two homers, five walks. So offense is definitely trending in the right direction for Binghamton. Cyclones now. They played the Greenville Drive, the Boston Red Sox high A team, and they went 2 and 4 against them. So that drops Brooklyn to 24 and 32 on the season, which is eight and a half games behind the Hudson Valley Renegades. Um, Brooklyn is not good, <laughs> so easy to just kind of gloss over everything there. But before we move on to St. Lucie, I think that we need to take a victory lap, you guys. We spent a few minutes last week complaining that Kevin Prada's swing just isn't working. And lo and behold, he is sporting a new setup this week. And yeah. and that clear, clearly is 100% our doing. Not, yeah, thanks for whoever's listening. I mean, you're welcome to whoever's listening. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Mets clearly subscribed to From Complex to Queens for the low, low price of $5 a month. They heard <laughs> us talking. They said, you know what? You're right. They told Kevin Parada to lift his bat, and he lifted his bat. And if the Mets could sub- subscribe for $5 a month, so can you. Absolutely. I know it's hard to visualize as opposed to just watching the video, but, you know, for, for people who are listening, Parada's set up at the plate. He basically had his hands high, like shoulder level, and then he angled the bat behind his head and then down. So the bat, you know, if, like, if, if you envision like a clock, <laughs> the bat was pointing at like four like, like, like uh, o'clock, like not parallel to the ground, but angled down. And, you know, he would he would load up and shift his weight onto his back foot and then he'd move his hands and and raise his bat to a more traditional position. And it was just kind of like making him late and he wasn't getting making good contact. And starting the beginning of the week, um, he basically is now holding his hands at shoulder level and angling the bat up at like one o'clock, one thirty on o'clock so that, you know, eliminates some of the extra movement that, you know, hopefully was the reason why he was getting off to a slow start. And, you know, it's not going to be like a magical overnight fix. But at the same time, he did go 7 for 19 this week with not one, but two three-hit games. And he had his first home run since May 16th. So, you know, hopefully it's a, a start to a strong couple of weeks for him. And they play Aberdeen uh, this upcoming week. Aberdeen has the second best pitching in the South Atlantic League, so definitely be a good test to see if this was just kind of like a uh, mirage against the drive or if, you know, those changes are legit making him to a better hitter. And St. Lucie now, they played the Daytona Tortugas. 
They split the series 3-3, so that leaves them at 19 and 37 on the season, 14 and a half games behind the Palm Beach Cardinals. Uh, Jet Williams continues to seem dead at the plate, but Jacob Raymer is actually showing a little life this week. He went 7 for 22 with four doubles, and he also got hit by two pitches. So <laughs> The Mark Canna stat line. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's... Uh, yeah, that's good. He he raised his uh, triple slash line by about 10 points each. He had an eight-game hitting streak going on, um, extending back to the previous series that St. Lucie played, but it got snapped today, Sunday, so he'll just have to start a new one. But it's good to see him showing a little life and, and hitting doubles because... Yeah, hitting with authority. Yeah, that is like the biggest... That is the bigger concern issue whatever the right word is um with him and jet williams i feel like that's high school kids like yeah you're hoping that your your growing his his body is going to grow continue to grow and get stronger and stuff like that <clears throat> the baby was the same way yep earlier on he was kind of spraying doubles and then 2021 brooklyn and all of a sudden now he's mashing home runs Although he did hit a couple of home runs, he 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 did show some yeah, it's, good. Yeah, it's it's more like yeah, it's more just uh different in um they're getting coached a different way in a way more advanced way than ever before. Yep. So last but not least, um, Florida Complex League Mets. The FCL season started as we'll talk about in a little bit, and they are two and three to start the season. Um, you know. As much as we say wins and losses don't matter at, like, St. Lucie or even, I mean, at, at any point to the minor leagues, really. But stats don't matter, as I guess is a better way of saying, you know, in St. Lucie and to a lesser degree, Brooklyn. None of this stuff really matters with the FCL. That's, we're just happy to see guys rostered and playing. You would like to see performance. Well. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I should I should amend that statement. Good performance is always better than bad performance. So the uh, minor league system now, you know, the DSL Mets are also playing. And the uh, minor league system is is at full power. Everyone is is playing. The. the Thesis, that's a good, that's that's a nice word, of this week's episode is, you know, we're, we're just going to be talking about the Florida Complex League, um, Dominican Summer League, the FCL Mets, who obviously play in the Florida Complex League, and then the DSL Mets, Orange and Blue, who play in the Dominican Summer League. We're going to talk about them a little bit this week, um, highlight some of those players. The DSL teams are allowed a maximum of 35 players on the roster. And then the FCL team doesn't actually have a limit. Um, eligibility is, is about age and service time and all that kind of stuff with that league. So the two DSL teams, they have a total of 82 players that are rostered, 41 apiece, you know, including guys that are on the restricted list, the injured list. And then the FCL Mets, <laughs> they have 53 players rostered. So going over 135 players is ambitious even for us. So we're just going to highlight a couple of our uh, personal interests, guys that we think, you know, are are follows that people should be paying attention to. Although maybe over the uh, over the winter, 
we could do 135 player scouting reports. You guys interested? We probably could break it down into like a month or something when literally nothing's happening. Yeah. That was the one good thing about uh, COVID quarantine was literally nothing to do except just look at stats. Our shows were the best during COVID because we were just doing whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, what were we doing during COVID? I remember there was I an episode. Like it, we just I were, feel like it was a lot of nonsense. A lot of great. foreign leagues, I feel like. Oh, yeah. yeah we, talked, duh. we talked about the Asian leagues a lot and stuff like that. Duh, stupid me. That's right. We were basically from, from complex to Taiwan and complex to Korea. That's actually a good name, Complex to Korea. Right. Yeah, so um, this week we will be discussing some FCL and some DSL guys. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So... Would any of you like to volunteer to discuss a DSL guy first, or should I go first? Um, I could do mine. All right. Um, I chose Christopher Larez, who is a shortstop. They signed him last. Um, they signed him in this recent cycle for. I don't remember how much they signed him for. I think it was around like a million or two million dollars, something like that. It was a big. It was a big signing, and he was one of the more highly touted middle infielders out of Venezuela. And the reason why I'm choosing him is he already has good size for his age. Obviously, he's young, born in 2006. But 
Obviously, he has he's six foot already. He's already 190, and he's absolutely killing the ball in the DCL so far. So, according to Baseball America, he has played 18 game. He had 18 plate appearances over five games. He is hitting 389 with a 450 OBP and a 722 slugging, which is a 1072 OPS. He has two walks and two strikeouts in those five games. And he has a home run and three doubles. So he's he's killing the ball. Like, he's one of those guys who, when you see that stat, stat line, obviously we, we don't have a ton of access to these players who are in uh, the Dominican Summer League. But as soon as you see numbers like that, you automatically are like, oh, okay, interesting. Because it stands out to his peers. It even stands out to the best, the, the guy who the Mets gave the most money to, Diverson uh, Gutierrez, is only hitting 133 with a 338 OPS in in the same amount of games. So it's not like it's not like everyone's killing the ball, like he's standing out. And he's standing out enough where with how weak the system is and how there's probably going to be trades even though the Mets are bad, like there's probably going to be something happening, I would assume. I don't think they'll add any prospects to the thing outside of the draft. I don't think they're going to sell. So it'll be interesting to see if he starts to kind of climb up these prospect ranks anyway like into the back end of the twenties. And then we could really start talking about him. Maybe he even gets to the States this year. Cause he's, he looks like he, according to the numbers, he looks like he could kind of make the jump to maybe to the complex if he keeps going like this for two weeks. So we'll see, but he's a guy to keep an eye on. I think. My guy's another guy that's been streaking. Um, catcher Julio Zayas. He's a Dominican prospect also signed earlier this year. He wasn't a marquee name like Lorenz or Gutierrez, so we don't really know anything about his signing bonus. Um, but he is currently hitting with the DSL Mets Orange, um, 8 for 16, with four doubles and two homers, no walks and two strikeouts. So that's a 500, 500, 1,125 batting line. So that'll also play. Um, he's a catcher. Uh, he just turned 17. He's 5'1", 190 pounds. Uh, one game behind the plate, one game behind 5'1"? Hold on. 5'11". I'm sorry. Did I say 5'1"? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is not 5'1". He's 5'11". Excuse really me. burying the lead there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> tiny, tiny strike zone. His um, on-base percentage, incredible. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, can't really tell you too much about defense. It's hard enough to judge, you know, catcher defense with, you know, at the major league level, we have all kinds of tools and whatnot. So, you know, I, I don't really know anything about his defense as a uh, guy just getting started out in the DSL, but he physically, you know, that, that frame probably, if he isn't able to stick a catcher, which who knows right now, I don't know where he's going to play. Uh, too small to play first base, probably not agile enough to play up the middle. So I guess third base would be the uh, only other option for him. So or corner outfield maybe. Yeah. Um, but offensively at the plate, I think it looks pretty good. Um, I like the swing. It's a pretty good swing. It's smooth. He stays balanced. He's direct to the ball and he packs a punch. Um, He's already registered a couple of hits with exit velocities at or around 100 miles an hour, um, which definitely like to see. But the only thing, though, with that in mind, the competition hasn't been too impressive. Um, one of the doubles 
that he hit. It was a double to uh, the gap in left center. Had an exit velocity of 100, but it was coming off of an 85-mile-hour slider with a 1,400 RPM spin rate. So it's basically like a helicopter on a tee, you know? I mean, it's good that he's hitting it that hard, but yeah. Like, he's yeah. just not going get that. It's kind of like, yeah, you just all numbers get the asterisk. We want to see him do it to things like that, and that's how you progress. So, you know, he could be a... Like I said, he, he wasn't a marquee name, but he could be a, a guy that at the end of the season we're looking at and saying, hmm, maybe there's something there. And Ken, who is your DSL? Uh, my DSL guy is going to be Anthony Baptiste, um, one of their big signings from uh, this past signing period. Um, the theme for my low miners, guys, uh, is all about speed. Uh, the main thing you can't teach. Nice. So, uh, Baptiste, real good runner. Um, you know, they said he's developing with the bat. Uh, Isn't he like an eight is that runner? Like average across fast. the board. Isn't he like crazy fast? Uh, I don't know. Th- things like that get thrown around. I know, yeah, but. Um, we'll just say above average to plus until somebody stateside can get a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on the first time bottom. Because he I had can, some. Uh, he had some goofy quotes, if I remember correctly, about how fast he was. I can confidently yeah. say that he is faster than all three podcasters. <laughs> Fair. Fair. So we'll use uh, we'll use that entry. as a, we'll use that as a baseline for his for his uh, speed tool. So yeah, if you're um, you know evaluating the hit tool and and power and kind of the offensive game or really evaluating any of his game at this point uh with little to no information uh is kind of a fool's errand so let's go with the one thing that <laughs> uh is very easy to verify uh with a stopwatch so um, and that's also like at least for me that's like a fun baseline skill because you could do a lot with speed in terms of defense too like he Obviously, he could improve route running and stuff like that. But if you're a fast guy, it's just going to be easier for you to get to a wall in the gap than if you're slow. Like, that just is what it is. And I like that guys having a baseline skill like that is fun, you know? Yeah. Um, So, so far this year, he's gone two for 14. Uh, Not great. He's hitting uh, 143 with a 278 OBP. But again, it's been, you know, just a couple of games. Um, Hasn't stolen a base yet. But, yeah, I think he's uh, relatively exciting as far as, you know, uh, baby minor leaguers go. Is he 16 or 17? Not that it matters. Okay. All right, so those are three players in the DSL to, you know, if you haven't heard of them, guys to look into, guys to... Not necessarily follow, but just to pay attention to, which is kind of why we don't track the the stats for like the DSL games and the Florida State League games, um, complex league games. It just following players every single day and plotting out their stats and what they do and everything on a daily basis, not necessary. Checking in on them every once in a while to see the you know progression, that's that's more of what's key for, you know, the, the lower, lower, lower levels. All right, now, moving on to the FCL. Um, Thomas, you want to go first for your 
first FCL guy, we'll highlight two of these guys because there's more information, generally speaking, about the Florida State League players. Sure. Um, so my first guy that I'm highlighting is Javier Atencio, and he's had a he's had a pretty interesting Mets career so far. Um, signed internationally from Venezuela. He made his debut organizationally in 2019, so he's been around for a little bit. He's 21. But um, he kind of ran through the lower minors. Uh, he had a rough first year, but when he came back after COVID in 2021, he had a 2.44 ERA in, in 15 games, 14 starts in in the, um, the Dominican Summer League. And then he moved to the States, where he was even better, and had a 2.06 ERA in 11 starts. And then the year after, he started really strong in St. Lucie and had a 2.27 ERA and eight starts. And then they brought him and then he repeated St. Lucie to begin this year and was terrible, like an 11 ERA. So they sent him back down to the FCL to kind of work on stuff. And so he immediately comes to mind because he was trending in such an upward direction for years, like multiple years. And then he had a really bad setback to begin this year. Where he just obviously, I mean, he's unplayable. You can't go in five starts, seven appearances. You can't have an 11 ERA. It's just not. That's just not going to work. So they sent him back down to the complex, probably to work on some things. I think they changed his arm angle, if I'm remembering correctly. But they're kind of doing interesting things with him, and now it'll be curious to see if those changes stick. What they decide to do with him in the complex, and how how quickly they kind of have him on a hook back up to St. Lucie, or if they kind of want to slow play it a little bit because there was actual growth there with him. So it's kind of an, a different look at an FCL um, season than most guys, because most guys they're making their state side debut or they're repeating the level because they struggled last year. But this guy was already past this level and had to come, come back down. And for my second guy is a guy most of us know already. We talked about him on uh, Jesus Baez. He has had a very slow start to the year this year, hitting like 177. But I don't think I have to talk too much about him because we mentioned him quite a bit on the we, – we ranked him in our top 25. We have talked about him before. You know the deal with him. He hits the ball hard. He's kind of small. He has swing and miss in his swing. It is what it is. So hopefully I think we need to see a little more bat-to-ball with him. And if he combines that with his strong exit velocities, there's a, something really in, interesting there. It's just he has to get both of them combined because he hits the ball hard. It's just he doesn't hit the ball enough for my tastes. So, yeah, those are my two guys. All right. Um, my two guys. The first one is Jonah Tong. Uh, Mets drafted him with their seventh round pick in last year's draft at a Georgia Premier Academy. Um, he he moved to the U.S. from Canada for his senior season, and they were he had a commitment to North Dakota State University. The Mets were able to buy him out of that for basically the MLB slot bonus for the seventh round pick, which was around two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Um, he didn't play professionally last year after getting drafted, but he did play in the MLB Draft League prior to getting drafted, and he pitched for the Frederick Keys. Numbers weren't great on surface, but there was some stuff to like, mainly that he was you know, just a kid that was 19, and he was able to hang with, with college players and even struck out 14 guys in 10-plus innings, so a uh, Cape 9 over you know, 9 is good. Um, he was my sleeper prospect coming into the season. I'm crossing my fingers that he doesn't burn me there. Um, he's a pretty good fastball. Um, I would say an, an above average fastball, uh, low to mid nineties. It has a high spin rate. And then he pairs it with a, um, 
a high 70s 12-6 curveball, also has a high spin rate and a changeup. Uh, it's still, you know, in its in its infancy, but it did get a lot of swings and misses against those college guys in the draft league. So there's definitely promise there. And I was hoping maybe the Mets might have pushed him a little harder and had him start out in St. Lucie or that he'd really impress people in extended spring training and force his way into the St. Lucie roster. But nope. But, you know, hopefully he makes it there by the end of the year. And if not, you know, he, he is just 19, so it's not the end of the world. And my second player is uh, Yohairo Cuervas. And Cuervas is the nephew of Juan Samuel, who is a three-time All-Star, played with the Mets in 1989, and they got him in the Lenny Dykstra trade. His parents are from the Dominican Republic. They moved here, and Cuervas grew up in the Bronx, but he moved back to the DR in order to basically, um, you know, expedite his ability to go pro. And the Mets signed him for 500 deaths. Yeah, it does happen from time to time. Um, Mets signed him for $500,000 at the beginning of the uh, 2021 international signing period. They actually had an agreement for 2020. He would have signed then um, in July, but, you know, COVID and everything uh, pushed things back. But in his debut as a professional in 2021, didn't do too good. He had 155, 331, 214 in 41 games. Uh, with the DSL Mets, he repeated last year and hit a much improved 277, 374, 389 in 51 games. Um, had two homers, seven stolen bases, 27 walks, 43 strikeouts. And so far this year, um, he's played four games with the FCL Mets, and he's hitting 286, 412, 500 with a homer, a stolen base, and three walks to five strikeouts. He is um, 6'3", 170 pounds. That's probably a, an old weight. So I'm sure he's put on some good muscle. Um, swing is a little long, but when he makes you know good contact, he can he can do damage. He's high 90 exit velocities. And you know even though he technically was an international free agent, you know he he did grow up in the Bronx. Um, so his profile is not your typical IFA profile and if you've noticed, his OBP is very good. Um, he has a he has a good eye, and he walks a ton. Um, he has 53 walks in 96 career games with the DSL Mets, and then now the FCL Mets, uh, which is a 16% walk rate, which is you know not something you usually see with IFA guys. And it's ironic because Juan Samuel, his uncle, he's the one that that coined the phrase "you don't walk off the island." So go figure. Um, and also, uh, he's an outfielder. Um, you know, he has all the tools to play right field, center field, above average arm, covers a lot of ground. Um, like basically every young outfielder out there, he could work on refining, you know, the roots that he takes, recognizing the ball off the bat, that kind of stuff. He also randomly spent like majority of the season last year at first base for whatever reason. Um, but you know. Not exciting, but it's not the position that he clearly has the ability to play. Ken, who are your two dudes? Uh, so my two dudes are uh, Simone Juan and Billy Fanis. I believe the two highest bonuses they gave out in last year's IFA period. Um, 
on a similar theme to uh, Anthony Baptiste. Uh, both guys are very fast. Um, you may not be able to walk off the island, but it's possible you can run. Ah. Um, so nice. Uh, neither has really shown all that much statistically yet in the DSL. Um, but you know, as we've discussed, DSL stats are kind of meaningless. Uh, they do a lot of backfield work in addition to the games that so quote unquote count. Um, yeah, I think there's, uh, all that much. Um, hopefully both will hit, uh, Fannis is a switch hitter. That's nice. And, um, the speed gives them, uh, at least one standout tool. Fannis is really interesting just because of like the off the field stuff. I don't know if you guys remember, but he basically was signed by the angels, Billy Epler. And then they just dropped his contract because, well, it, it was a verbal contract, you know, not a on the dotted line contract. And they just kind of, you know, dropped him and went on their went in a different direction. And he's in the process of suing the Angels. And another reason to root for him. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been. I think the lawsuit was like August of last year or December or something. It was kind of recent, but. I haven't been able to find anything regarding like where that the, the status of that, but I mean that's basically you know when when we rail against like the behavior of of major league baseball, major league baseball teams, you know scouts and domestic buscones in these countries we're always talking about the exploitation of these players and one of the things and and a major thing that could happen is, you know, teams promise some kid X amount of money. If he agrees to sign with them, he agrees. He doesn't then showcase himself to other teams, potentially screwing himself out of more money. And the teams have all the leverage. And as in the case with Vanyas, the team could just be like, no, nah, you know what? We decided we don't want you anymore. And then the player is completely out of luck. He doesn't get anything. And he's wasted, you know, X amount of time when he could have been showcasing himself to other teams and possibly getting other potential deals. So obviously we want Fanyas to succeed on the field, but um at least right now, I think that the lawsuit with him is is more interesting than the player. But yeah, those are uh, those are a bunch of low miners guys. Um again, you know, the stats don't matter. It's just the overall trends of these players uh development, that's the stuff that matters. So any uh any other words of wisdom regarding that stuff? Guess guess not. Not really. Just right. be patient. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is anything also- you hear from a team is is bullshit. So. <clears throat> yep. That is two two very two very good points. Uh, a everything you hear is bullshit. Yes. You know, <laughs> teams are gonna hype their players regardless, and 
the guys in the complex, the guys in the Dominican are the ones that, what's a good way of putting it, independent observers have the least access to. So, you know, when the yeah. team when the team says that um, they're the next uh, Ted Williams and Willie Mays or whatever, it's like right. well. Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> um, and then second thing is, yeah, be patient. I mean, uh, some of these players are, you know, late, late 16, 17. Um, you know, the average age in the Florida State League this year is like 20 or 21, maybe even. So a guy could literally spend like three years in the complex leagues and then finally get to St. Lucie and he's not old. He's just age appropriate. So, um, you know, if, if any of the players in the complex leagues that you guys out there like don't have a great season, uh, you know, it, it's not the end of the world. A lot could happen. All right, if anyone out, uh, has any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complex to queens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and shoot us questions there. I'm at Steve Saipa. Lucas is at elvlahos343. Ken is at ken1191. And Thomas is at said metzzen, S-Z-N. Subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, rate and review. And, of course, we thank you for listening. And as a reminder, we are a Patreon-based um, podcast now. So if you like this show, if you like any of the other ones in the Home Run Apple Network, you could subscribe for $5 a month, and you'll get extra stuff like bonus episodes and exclusive content. So we will be back next week. And until then... Love the Mets. Love the Mets.